Hi and welcome to episode 66 of Walk to Work. So this week I want to continue on kind of um, a general introduction to safer spaces and why as uh, an organizer and teacher uh, in dance spaces I kind of feel a responsibility to do something about them. So quick plug before we get back to our safer spaces topic. Jess and I are starting weekly online blues dance classes. They're happening on Thursdays, every Thursday, starting October 3rd, 8 till 9 p.m. Central European time, 7 to 8 p.m. UK time. Um, some quick uh, frequently asked questions. Um, do I need a partner? No. So we'll be working on solo movement. We'll be working on solo movement deliberately for partner dancing. And we'll be working on some exercises that allow us to substitute for not having a partner uh, in uh, an online dance class uh, context. Um, other questions is uh, how much does it cost? Uh, hopefully not too much. We kind of factored in uh, how much our, our time's worth and how much people are likely to be able to spend. Uh, you can find uh, the, the various plans. We have a monthly subscription plan. We have a pay-by-the-class plan. Uh, and we have a buy-five-classes, get-one-class-free plan. Uh, we also have um, cheaper pricing for people who are students or who have low income. Uh, hopefully, we have something to meet everyone's needs. Um, other frequently asked questions. Uh, what kind of content we'll be covering uh, so the ideas will be covering quite uh, sort of foundational content in depth. Uh, and so that means that what we'll probably do is take a couple of topics and focus on them for multiple weeks in a row. Uh, so maybe uh, pendulum pulses will take uh, 10 or 15 minutes at the beginning of every class for uh, a couple of months or for four weeks, not quite sure what duration, uh, and work on those and kind of repeat that material um, over and over. So that means that you can uh, get benefit of repetition by joining multiple weeks in a row, but also if you miss a week, uh, it shouldn't be a particularly big of a deal. Uh, we'll we'll cover that material again because for this stuff, it's it's repetition that really gets you there. Uh, so if that sounds like something uh, you might be into, maybe because you don't have access to local classes where you are, maybe because um, uh, you want to get in some deeper nitty gritty stuff, maybe because you have all this stuff but you really just need motivation to practice. Um, if you're um, a local teacher and you kind of want a stronger foundation uh, on which to base your teaching, uh, these are all kind of... Um, cases that we're hoping to, to answer with these classes. So yeah, you can find them on Facebook, uh, online weekly blues dance classes, or looking for Jess and Greg. If you don't use Facebook, you can email us jessandgregdance at gmail.com. And now back with our regularly scheduled content. So last week I was talking kind of about uh, issues around consent uh, in general within wider society. Um, and issues related to power structures in wider society um, and how that uh, uh, affects consent, affects ability to consent. Um, 
And yeah, I was describing how historically for me, and I think for many people, not all because some people kind of are less uh, oblivious maybe than I am. Um, for me, this sort of started off as a, as a gendered thing uh, and possibly as a dude savior complex thing. Let me wake my, my spaces safe uh, um, for, for women. Uh, many people, I think, started off there. Um, and then other people started talking and saying, yeah, but look, I see that you're trying to make this super safe for women, but what you're actually doing is making it safe for white, abled, cis women, or white, abled, cis, straight women. Um, you need to get intersectional about this. You need to figure out what are the things that make something unsafe for a black woman? What makes things unsafe uh, for trans women? What makes things unsafe uh, for black men? What makes things um, unsafe for disabled people? Um, and so this, uh, the idea of safety fits into a much wider, what are all the uh, intersecting power structures uh, that, that exist in, in wider society and how do they manifest themselves in, in dance spaces. And that's something I think we're still trying to get our heads around, uh, especially as uh, increasingly the dance communities I'm part of, so Balfolk, Blues, Lindy Hop, uh, are working their heads around the concept of um, having safer spaces, having consent uh, be paramount but they're not um but yeah we we haven't solved the problem by any means we've just agreed that it's a problem we want to address and maybe what we haven't done is figured out what the the, the size and shape of that problem is and that it's a, a an intersectional problem that we want to address on multiple fronts um and some people have been um instrumental either at a worldwide level or at their local level in in being voices for this to happen. So I'm again not inventing anything, uh, not claiming any kind of newness, but just at least acknowledging for myself that I'm not there yet and still trying to figure it out. Um, another other things about dance spaces. Dance spaces are, uh, I was saying they're vulnerable spaces. They're also different spaces. Like you touch someone with your hands against their hands or with your body against their body. And that's not necessarily something we do in mainstream Western society. And so it's important to, to clarify for everybody, what are the rules of engagement? What are the unspoken rules for doing this thing that we don't generally do more widely? Um, dance spaces also carry a kind of risk of entitlement. Um, People sort of feel like, oh, I'm at a dance event. People are making sure that everything is working out well for me. Uh, they're making sure there's water. They're making sure there's music. They're making sure that there's other people coming. They're making sure there's dance classes. Um, and somehow, and you see this especially at camps, uh, people sort of forget to make sure to behave like... Forget that they have their own responsibility. They have to come to the event... Uh, and behaved as the best version of themselves, uh, and that includes being respectful of other people. 
Respect is a challenging word because it means very different things to very different people. But that's, a, that's, a, that's an issue also that when we create dance spaces and make them these extraordinary spaces as opposed to normal community run-of-the-mill spaces, uh, then people may engage in extraordinary behaviour. And it's up to the people who are creating spaces to, to notice that and uh, try to structure their spaces differently. Um, dance spaces also carry power structures and create power structures. I don't think it's as big a deal as we necessarily make it out to be, but I'm always quite wary that um, I'm giving power to teachers, I'm giving power to DJs, I'm giving power to the person who's announcing something. I'm taking power as a teacher, organiser, uh, safer spaces person. Uh, so for a long time I was quite hesitant about becoming a safer spaces person because most, no that's not the right word, there's many occasions where dudes who are very gung-ho and proactive and insistent about safer spaces, um, that it turns out that then they make themselves out to be more trustworthy than they actually are and they gain um, position within a power structure that is enacting the safer spaces policy and then they wittingly or unwittingly abuse that structure. Um, and I think because uh, we might create that structure, but we're not at the, we might create safer spaces of some kind, we're definitely doing something proactive, but we can't dismantle patriarchy. Uh, it means that any action we do fits within uh, patriarchy as well. Uh, and so adding these extra power structures is something to be very wary of. Uh, And then there's the issue for a community of we want to be inclusive, we want to welcome new people, but we also want to have people to have autonomy to make their own decisions. And so that means if they don't want to dance with 99% of people, then that's their prerogative and it's not something that we should be trying to um, uh, affect. Although maybe we should. It's kind of unclear for that one. And the same thing, especially for dance communities that are sort of uh, special dance communities compared to um, special. I've talked before of kind of um, uh, diaspora. Um, diaspora? I've gone and forgotten how to pronounce it again. Um, spaces, revivalist spaces, subculture spaces. Um, there's a dance culture with dance codes and... Um, uh, etiquette, um, rules of engagement that already exist uh, and when we're creating uh, these um, studio dance spaces, these subcultures, these communities that are outside of the mainstream, um, part of what we should be doing is not trying to affect those spaces in ways that are um, inauthentic for the place that the dance comes from but at the same time we want things to be better uh, better better in an immediately better way uh, so to put it differently if I have a black blue space um, in uh, the States which I don't and I've never been in one uh, this is just what I've, I've heard from uh, black folks well the, the, the rules of engagement uh, are such that you would uh, by default start dances in close embrace 
uh, black women would be quite proactive uh, in uh, standing up for themselves and they wouldn't need, they wouldn't particularly feel uh, like they need protecting from black men in any way. Um, and if you're in a bar and you step on someone's foot, most likely you will get kicked out. Uh, and so we could say, oh, blues uh, spaces in the States have built in uh, safety mechanisms and we should just use those. And there's a, there's a really fair point to that. Um, but as I have an existing uh, blues community in Edinburgh, which like me is totally unfamiliar with black American um, spaces. Uh, there's no way that we can enact those cultural spaces um, at the wave of a wand. Like even transitioning towards that kind of space would be a really tricky thing for us to do, uh, especially in absence of any of us actually uh, having grown up in that culture or even having been immersed in that culture uh, for a period of time. Um, so that's kind of very long thing of why uh, I think we have responsibilities uh, in dance communities to create uh, safer spaces. Uh, my uh, kind of next thing of that is to delve into the means we have. So some of the means are uh, dismantling power structures in general, um, creating codes of conduct, and that's actually going to be next episode, so I'll, I'll go into that in, uh, in more detail. Um, teaching, teaching and modeling the behaviors uh, we want to see as teachers and um, as organizers. Being aware and making visible um, power structures and ideas about consent. So people, if they kind of are aware where that there is a power structure issue in consent, um, hopefully they can recognize uh, where they fit within that and make choices that, that stand out for everybody. And that's kind of part of dismantling power structures is that one thing you can do is have a safer spaces team, whether it's for an event, whether it's for a local organization. But another thing you can do is be like, hey, we would like to empower you to sort out your own problems and to ideally not have problems in the first place. What do you need from us as organizers to, to make that happen? Um, and how do we empower people without victim blaming? How do we um, educate potential harassers, potential offenders, uh, without alienating and making them feel like they're being prejudged uh, for having privilege? Um, how do we work uh, intersectionally? Uh, hint the same way that we always work intersectionally by listening to uh, a variety of voices and not just to mainstream voices or for me not just listening to the voice that's in my head. Um, you can have safer spaces teams, yep. Uh, you can figure out your processes for your safer spaces teams. Uh, like how do you make those processes um, just, seeing as an idea is bringing about some form of, of justice and fairness. Uh, and you can think kind of more generally, how can we take responsibility uh, amongst ourselves, like me, my five closest friends, how can we talk together about the things that we do well, the things that we do less well, and kind of be each other's uh, brother's keeper, as it were, 
uh, and check out what kind of behaviors other people are having uh, and hold them, account them, hold them accountable for it uh, at a power structureless um, friend level uh, yeah um, other issues that I've noted down on my small piece of paper uh, is the problem we have with uh, capacity so like we have a three person safer spaces team at Edinburgh and we've had I think 10 issues to deal with this year uh, and uh, that we're pretty much maxed out like uh, for me to get more engaged and I'm not sure we've responded particularly adequately to any of them although we've we've done our best with the capacity we have to deal with things so there's also a recognition that there's only so much uh, that we can do um, and then yeah I want to name check um, uh, Sam Carroll, Dog Possum, who's been writing on her blog and writing on Facebook uh, and generally making things happen in Australia, making things happen as much as she can at uh, Harangue um, and changing things up. Um, and I also want to, uh, there's the group Lindy Hoppers Against Rape Culture uh, that's had lots of good discussions. Uh, there's the currently on hiatus group um, uh, Safety Dance. Uh, all these things, all these places, spaces, there's a, um, a group called Double Progress, uh, which is more kind of for contradancy type people, uh, which discusses uh, inclusivity. Um, and all these, uh, all these uh, groups have been um, working on, well, what can we do? And kind of thinking about it and then actually doing it and reporting on what they've done and said, hey, this worked out quite well for us. This was quite challenging for us. Uh, and I think what's challenging for a lot of people at the moment is uh, legal issues. So, for example, Australia has really uh, strong defamation laws. Uh, it's very difficult to name a known offender who has not actually been convicted in a court of law. It might even be challenging to name someone who has been convicted in a court of law, not quite sure. Uh, and different European countries have different problems with that. The, the US has different problems with that. Um, and I guess that's related also to another thing, which is the current cultural model of whichever culture you're in. So France, uh, the Netherlands, the UK, Switzerland, very different places that would see the problem differently and therefore want to see the solution differently uh, to, for example, the States or to Australia or to, to, to other places. Um, yeah, so that was kind of why we need safer spaces and what kinds of approaches we have to bring them about. Uh, I want to delve a bit more into those approaches in uh, upcoming episodes. Um, uh, yeah, let me know what kinds of things maybe I've not thought of, missed out on, uh, what kind of things you're struggling with, uh, like where you're at right now and what the, 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 um, the, the deficiencies of that model are for you. Like what, in what way is your safety, safer spaces work working for you? And in what ways do you feel like you're stuck? Like you're not actually getting where you want to get. Um, yeah, let me know. I will see you again uh, next week. Until then, take care.